Welcome to the Tales from the Tour podcast, where we explore the people, places, and spirits of the Midwest. Hosted by Haunted Baraboo authors Gwen Herwig and Shelley Mordini. And now, here's your hosts. Welcome back to the Tales from the Tour podcast. I'm Gwen Herwig. I'm Shelley Mordini. Today's guest is Jill Addy, owner of Sense of Adventure in downtown Baraboo, and also the mastermind behind Baraboo's Mystery Weekend. Welcome, Jill. Welcome, Jill. Thanks so much. It's really great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, Jill. So, you know, you opened up this fantastic store called Sense of Adventure. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So a few years ago, I learned um, a lot about fair trade and sort of what it, uh, the impact that it has on the lives of the the artisans and people that create the work um, and sort of desperately need the sales to keep their families fed and together. And um, as I learned more about it, I wanted to be involved. And so I started selling uh, fair trade goods at vendor events. And then the opportunity to open up a storefront came up when Countryside Refined decided to move locations. So I opened a shop about four and a half years ago over on 4th Street. And after about nine months, there was an opening on Oak Street. And so I moved over. So now I'm directly on the square. Fantastic. So why did you choose Baraboo as your home? Um, I followed my sister, actually. So well, I followed my family. I'm originally from the Milwaukee area. And um, after college, I sort of moved around the country and gallivanting all over the place. And my sister um, met her now husband, and they were living in the Kenosha area. He got a job here, and they moved out to Baraboo. And then eventually my dad retired, and my parents moved to the Dells, and suddenly I, I'm coming home from Boston, and there's there's no one in Mil- the Milwaukee area that I'm staying with, and I'm just living, you know, coming out here. And so uh, eventually it just started feeling like home, and I wanted to be near family, and so I moved to Baraboo. We are so lucky you chose Baraboo. <laughs> we are. It's Me great too. to have you. <laughs> Thanks. And so, you know, this whole idea of, you know, I have to tell you the first time I saw your sign that said Sense of Adventure, I thought it was a travel place. A lot of people do. I get that a lot. So maybe we need to plan travel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. I do love it tra- to travel. And then we could go find fair trade things. Exactly. There yes. We- I can go visit all my artisans. Oh, that'd be great. So that's our next thing we'll talk okay. about. <laughs> So, you know, do you consider yourself a believer in ghosts and the paranormal? I do, but I have to say I'm extremely skeptical. I'm more likely to explain it away than believe it. Okay. So what was your first experience? Uh, So I actually did have to get this story approved by someone before I could tell it. Um, Growing up, I grew up over near Milwaukee, and um, I had a you know, as you do a bunch of playmates as children. And one of them, his name was Michael. And as I got older, just Michael wasn't around anymore. And I didn't really, you know, he kind of faded from memory like childhood friends do. And one night my sister and I, uh, this was in high school, we were coming home and the living room lights were on, but my parents were both in bed. So the rest of the house was dark, but my mom left the living room light on for us. And the rocking chair was moving. And um, I thought, oh, well, mom must have just gone to bed because we could see this from outside the house, like the 
the you could see as the we were pulling chair into, moving. Yeah, like it was the only thing in the living room <laughs> that was moving. <laughs> and so we walked in the house, and it was clear that mom and dad were asleep. And it's not like mom had just gotten up to go do something, and the chair was still moving. Uh, which is what I had thought. And I, I said something to Mary about it. I said, did you see the rocking chair moving? Ma- sorry, Mary is my sister. And um, she goes, oh, that's just Michael. And I was like, wait a minute, you know Michael too? And so we had this long talk about the fact that we both played with a little boy named Michael when we were kids who does not live in the neighborhood and just sort of disappeared as we got older. And so periodically through you know growing up, usually when we came home late, the rocking chair would be moving. And um, we just assumed it was Michael just kind of keeping an eye out on us and making sure we made it home okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom still has the rocking chair. Uh, It's now here in Baraboo, but it does not move anymore. OMG. All the hairs on my arms stood up (laughs) as he told that story. Yeah. All I remember about him was he had dark hair and he wore blue pants and a white shirt and they they weren't the right time period. Like they weren't. Like super, you know, it's not like Victorian or anything like that. I mean, the house I grew up in was built in like the 40s or 50s, but they definitely were um, like a little rougher than that. I'm thinking like 30s, 40s, something so like that. So he was definitely not maybe from the 1800s, but no. not from the 40s either. It, I I don't know that much about fashion. He may have been from like the 40s. <laughs> like it was, they they just weren't current. Okay. How old was he? Um, he's probably about seven or eight. Okay. Um, he was a little older than me when I started playing with him and he, he and what would he I play with? Remember. What would he do? We would, um, so there was this circle of concrete just randomly in, um, our backyard and it was like a cover of an old, um, uh, septic system. Yeah. Well. Something like that. I think it was a septic si- system and, um, so it was just a circle of concrete and I just remember going out there and, and we would draw together. Like I would play with chalk and I'm sure I was probably the only one drawing anything, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I apparently back, didn't bother me, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where I remember talking to him and my mom, I talked to her last night about it and she said, Oh yeah, I remember you and your sister would both go sit out there and they would, you would talk to somebody who wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I just assumed you guys had invisible friends. Do you, do you remember your conversations at all? What, what would he talk about? What was his voice like? You remember I, anything? I, honestly, I don't. Um, I just remember telling him all the, like, the stuff that, like, a seven-year-old has to tell them about, like, oh, we went to my aunt's house, and I got to play, you know, pet her horse, and, um, but nothing, like, I don't really remember him like, I, there was nothing, like, he told me that I would remember. Like, there was no story about, like, his family that is sticking in my mind. It kind of interesting that this is all by the cemented area of your backyard. Kind of makes me think that perhaps he fell down the sewer or the well and I, died. I wondered about that. And I did ask, because that, that's... Because no one ever told us what that cement... Or that I remember told us initially what that cement pad was. Um... And I remember after Mary and I had this like revelation that we both played with the same child who doesn't exist, that um, we asked what that was. And it was something super mundane and put in like after um, 
there was no story involved with it. So it, it was, was no just little boy like, fell down there. That's yeah. why we cemented it shut. None exactly. Of None of that. Cause that's what I was thinking was like, you know, Oh, it's like a well or something. And they, they patched it over and they were, and like we, um, my parents, they had no like great story for us or anything. So I don't know if it was that, or if it was just like, that's just kind of the, um, that was maybe where we just played more or drew or something. I don't, I don't know why that spot. Well, it's interesting that you saw him outside. Yeah. And then he, but you never played with him inside, but the only thing he did was move the rocking chair. We did. I do remember playing with him inside, um, down in the basement, we would run around and, you know, play games and, and stuff. But Probably like in the winter kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just for some reason my, my memories of him, of playing with him, are tied to that outside, mostly tied to that outside kind of um, area. And then, yeah, I guess inside. I do so he wasn't invisible? Him. No, although my mom never saw him. Could, did you ever hold his hand? I don't remember that. Okay. No, no I remember running around with him. I remember sitting with him. I don't remember touching him. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't remember anything being weird, like weird about his voice or any of like his language or anything. And I he remember, just appeared. Yeah. He would just kind of come, he would show up like, you know, like a neighbor kid kind of wanders into your yard and yeah. starts talking to you and then you guys start playing and, yeah, absolutely. you know, he would just sort of show up, but it wasn't like he would materialize in front of me. It was just, you know, he'd come over from the side and just be there. And then downstairs, he probably came down the steps kind of thing. Yeah. It somehow didn't feel weird that he was there when no one had come in the house. Because he was someone I knew, and so it was like, oh, Michael's here. Now we can play this game instead. And did, did you and your sister play with him together, or was it just you or your sister? It was always separately. Mm -hmm. Like, I never, I because I didn't know that Mary knew him. Okay. And for some reason, I don't really remember talking about him a lot. Like, it's not like I would, you know, go up and tell my parents, like, oh, Michael and I just did this in the basement. It was more, um, like, I must not have mentioned him a whole lot because my mom didn't, you know, she was like, well, you talked about a Michael every now and then, but it wasn't like I talked about him so much that everyone knew that I had an imaginary friend named Michael. Because um, my sister and I, like, on unless... I was just completely oblivious as a child, which is a possibility. Kids are like that. Um, <laughs> I never realized she knew him or that she played with him. I thought he was my friend and that I was the only one that played with him. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It'd be interesting to go back to that house and see, mm -hmm. hey, does anybody else have a friend named Michael that's still <laughs> hanging out here? <laughs> yeah. Another adventure for us. Right, exactly. <laughs> I know that a lot of people who have businesses in the downtown Baraboo have experiences with unusual and bizarre things happening. Perhaps the buildings are haunted. Sometimes <laughs> have, have you, you've been in two different buildings down there. Have I you have. had anything happen? Well, I've decided I must be a lot less sensitive as I've grown up because other people around me have the experiences and tell me about them. But I, so the first building that I moved into, um, I had been open for just a couple of months 
And it was, I, I don't remember what time of year, but there were several people in the store who were, were shopping. And there was this lovely family that came in and um, she kept looking. It was several kids and a mom. And she kept, every time the door opened and someone went in or out, she kept looking at the door. And so I thought she was waiting for somebody. And so there was, I was checking someone out at the counter and I finished my transaction with her and she was walking out and um, this customer, her name is Jen, and she walked up and she thumps her hands down on the counter and she goes, so tell me about your ghost. And I went, what now? (laughs) (laughs) And she said, oh, do you not know you have a ghost? And I said, no, I don't, I know. And she said, yeah, he comes up from the basement every time somebody comes in or goes out. And he, she said, he, I can't see, he's not showing his form, um, but he just, he's not angry, he's not happy, he's just checking things out and keeping an eye on things. So he comes up every time somebody comes in, checks them out, and then goes back downstairs. And this is an unusual store where there's like a smack dab in the middle of the store is stairways leading downstairs, right? Um, actually, they had moved the stairway over to the side, but okay. it is like it, it, when you walk in, it's halfway through the store, but it's not, but it's off to the, against one of the walls now. And, and you didn't have like uh, people could go downstairs. No, they, the, when Countryside was in that location, they did, they refinished half the front half of the store. Uh, or of the basement, and actually I think the people that had it before them actually refinished half of the basement. Um, So the back half was still kind of dark and creepy and gross, Um, but the front half was set up for retail. But I didn't have enough merchandise to even fill the top half of the, the, the main floor, so we had put up a gate so that you couldn't go downstairs, um, because I just didn't have anything down there, and so we wanted to make sure that, you know, we weren't having liability of people tumbling downstairs if there was no reason for them to even go near them. Oh my God, that's interesting. Yeah. So I decided that it was the ghost of a golden retriever because he just came up and greeted people and then went downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point of view. (laughs) Yes. And now Fetch 22 is in that building. So it's perfect (laughs) that they have a dog ghost. I like it. (laughs) How about your current building? So I have, um, so the same customer, Jen, um, has uh, she's, she's such Sounds a wonderful person. Sounds like we person. need to have Jen on the show. Uh, Jen <laughs> is fascinating. She's just fantastic. And um, so she's come in when I opened the, the new store and she And came, what's your address location? Uh, I'm at 512 Oak Street. So right across from the soldier statue, uh, the Civil War soldier statue on the um, courtyard. Interesting. And um, she I, came in and declared that there were no ghosts and that I was good now. Um, but then since then she's come in like once or twice and said, so you have a visitor today and she'd point out an area and, um, usually the area she points out is the back corner of the store. Like Um, way in the back, like where the wooden cabinets are. Yeah. There's sort of a library set up with a a rolling wooden ladder. And so she'll point back there and, and say, you know, he's, they're back in that, that corner. Um, but I haven't had any experiences, but Kelly, who manages the store uh, and is there Monday through Friday, she, whenever she goes downstairs, or not whenever, but a lot of times when she's downstairs in the basement trying to find some decorations for the window, or um, we were renovating some apartments, so she was downstairs looking for some paint, 
um, she will hear people walking around upstairs and go running upstairs because she thinks someone's in the store and she needs to greet them and, you know, like make it look like the store is not empty. (laughs) And um, so she'll go running up there and there's no one there. But she clearly heard footsteps walking around. Mm -hmm. And she said recently she and... um, her friend Russ were down in the basement looking for paint for one of the apartments upstairs. And she has, so she heard animals like running around and playing. Um, and the only animals are up in the second story and they're, um, and so it would be two stories above her. And so there's no way she could have heard, you know, small dogs and a kitten running around and playing that oh, clearly two stories away. Huh. So, interesting. I love yeah. it all. Mm. Yeah, but I I haven't had any. I, I must not be very sensitive. You got to hang around me long enough, <laughs> and then you'll get some stuff to happen. <laughs> hey, so now let's segue into another area. You are the creative genius behind Baraboo's Mystery Weekend. I like so that flattering. creative genius. I know. <laughs> I'm going to just have you follow around and call me things that yes, <laughs> make me feel good. First, I'm a mastermind, and now I'm a creative genius. And, and I have to just say, when I first heard of the Baraboo Mystery Weekend, I thought, well, that sounds fun, um, because it's only started a couple years ago. Right. Right? And I think it was supposed to start during COVID. Yes. Is that right? And it got postponed. The first Mystery Weekend was supposed to be the last weekend in March of 2020. Ooh. And the entire world, or, well, the entire was. U.S. essentially yeah. shut down the week before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that would not have been a good idea no, to start that. No, 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 no. And so for those who are not as familiar with what this is, the entire community comes out, whoever wants to participate, right. they get a ticket, which, by the way, is extremely affordable. That is the goal. We right. want people to be able to come and play. We don't want um, financial barriers to be uh, in the way, but we're also using the event to raise money for charity. So okay. there is a, a ticket price. Right. And so so they get a ticket and then they go around to area businesses and collect clues and they can talk to people in character and ask questions uh, about what, what happened, where were you and yeah. they go home and they put all this information together. I believe you can also get a like a newspaper article, a newspaper reporting sure. on the murder, and then you make a guess and you put it into the pot and see if if you're right. Yeah, yeah. So my, um, do you want my my one minute spiel? Yeah, absolutely. I would love it because okay. it'd be better than mine. <laughs> Well, I, I like the perspective, so because it's interesting to see what other people think are the important elements of the weekend. Um, so my, my spiel, what I tell almost everyone who walks into my story, is um, the Mystery Weekend, uh, which, by the way, will be April 1st and 2nd, 2023. We're always going to try and have it in the spring. The idea behind it, it's kind of threefold. One, it gets people into the downtown businesses during a time that's traditionally pretty slow for them, and they could use, like, a boost in sales, but also just some activities, something interesting going on. 
Um, it's also during a part of the year when people are really tired of being inside. Like they just need some sort of activity. And since this is, you know, you're playing at your own pace, you can determine if it's too cold outside. You can just stay inside a little bit longer and sort of browse or stop and have a long lunch or something like that. And then third, all of the money raised or the proceeds raised are uh donated to a local charity. So it's kind of a, a threefold win. Um, Who's the charity this year? We don't know yet. Ooh, so, so are you taking yes. applications? We, we open up our application for um, the charity on January 1st, and then the applications are due by January 31st, and we try to pick the charity um, right away so that we can get posters printed um, and and let people know who it is that we're sponsoring that year. Who, so who the, was a charity last year? Last year was the Baraboo Children's Museum. And the first year was the um, Baraboo Area Senior Senior Citizens Organization, Bosco. Okay. Um, so the criteria is um, we need it to be a, a 501c3. Um, so an actual charitable organization, and it needs to do something for the people uh, of Baraboo. It can be a specific community like the seniors. Um, it can be an organization like the Children's Museum, which is trying to just provide um, additional support and services to to people in the area. It can be something a little wider. We've had you know the the food bank and. Um, was one of the people that applied, and we nearly picked them last year and um, just decided that the, the Children's Museum need, would probably, since we don't raise that much money, they would probably have a bigger impact for them. So, yeah, we encourage people to apply. We will post the application on our website um, as well as put it out onto Facebook um, and sort of put out an all-call. But anyway, so, <laughs> sorry. So wait, well, well, so what are we talking? How much do you raise for the so the first year? Uh, the first event raised about fifteen hundred, and last year I believe we donated three thousand. Okay, yeah, it did seem bigger. Yeah, last that's year. a significant amount of money. Yeah, we were really pleased um, to be able to give him that much, and now I'm second guessing that figure, so I'll have to. I'll have to I look. think you're probably <laughs> accurate. I have to tell you my memory of the first one, which happened to be. Um, October, right? Because yes. COVID had hit twice. Right. Yes. Not just we'd, once. We'd, <laughs> that was the fourth date that we had picked for it. <laughs> and that weekend probably was 70 degrees outside. Yes. And, you know, my family, I'm like, hey, we're going to go play this murder mystery weekend. And they're like, rah, 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 rah. I'm like, okay, listen to me, boys. Peter and Stephen, <laughs> jump in line. You are coming. Well, I drag them down there and we start to interview the different actors. And we really had no clue. Suspects. Of, suspects. Yes. Sorry, suspects. Sorry, suspects. Yes. Suspects. And we had no clue what we were doing. Yes. So then we finally started to get a clue. And then we realized we needed to go get all the clues and right. read this newspaper. And uh, that night we had people over. And after two bottles of wine, we were convinced it was this one person <laughs> and we were entirely wrong <laughs> so i remember that we we had this party and then we next day we came out and we had a whole list of things we had to interview and at the end we were still wrong so the next year i teamed up with a better person gwen <laughs> and our families got together and we spent a whole lunch time discussing this and then we came back and asked questions and we still got her i got it right that's right she, you got it wrong i got it wrong <laughs> she was being really stubborn and i was like no no but yeah because i couldn't go with the obvious right we, we set up the chart and we had a a whiteboard a, a whiteboard board. with arrows trying to connect people to yes. the murder 
So it was, and you know, I have to say my favorite part of the weekend is the reveal. It is so much fun. Which mm-hmm. takes place at the historic it's the only L- scripted part. Okay. Yeah. Historic L. Ringling Theater. And you come in there and it kind of reminds me of Matlock. If you ever watched Matlock where okay. he brings in all the suspects and you go, oh, it's not you because blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> and it's not you because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> I realized I said I was going to give the elevator speech about what yeah, it was. The and then one I never minute. did it. Right. Sorry. Okay. So it's not one minute. So it's so. not better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went off on a tangent. Okay, go um, for it. So the idea is you, um, so Saturday morning, uh, the game hours are between um, 10 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Saturday and then 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. on Sunday. That's the time that you have to play. It's play at your own pace, so if you need to take a long lunch to discuss or stop for wine, you can. But um, once you check in, you get a newspaper that tells you about the tragic murder that happened the the day before, as well as stories around um, that kind of introduce the the witnesses and suspects. So the the people that are going to know something about this story. So you've got your newspaper. You also get a map, and the map leads you in and in to um, or leads you to a crime scene. So you can go and check out the crime scene, see if the if our quote unquote sheriff has missed anything or our police chief. Sorry. Um, and then you also it also leads you to clue stops. So about last time we had 25 different clue stops, which are shops and restaurants um, all within walking distance of the square. And you pop in there and they, they literally have a printed stack of clues. And so you're going to run around town. You're going to pick up all of your clues following this map. The characters are all walking around. So, I'm sorry, the suspects and witnesses <laughs> are all walking around so you can stumble upon them. You can ask them what their alibi is. They do have extra information. So do not let them try to convince you they don't. So it's definitely worth talking to them. Um, sometimes the information is about themselves. Other times the information is about somebody else. Um, so they're a lot of fun to talk to. And then um, we do have one character that remains in one spot, and that is uh, Ken. The character's name is Ken Von Close. Uh, it's he's played by Ken Parker, uh, who is is one of the co-owners of Von Close Winery. But since he has to actually run his business, um, he we named him Ken Von Close, and um, you have to stop in and see him and pick up his clue, and he's there so that you can interview him there and maybe have a cocktail. While exactly, you're there. exactly. Wine slushies are very good. Um, <laughs> There is, as I mentioned, there's a crime scene, and then at noon on Saturday, there's the reading of the coroner's report. Um, This is a preliminary coroner's report where you may or may not get some extra information. The sheriff reads it out. Um, That location is also marked on the map, and then... um, there are printed copies of that that get handed out right after. Your answer is due in by 2 o'clock on Sunday, and at 3 o'clock, all of the suspects and witnesses are up on the stage at, at the Al Ringling, and um, our, our chief will go through all and sort of wrap up all those loose ends. I, I always call it Agatha Christie style, you know, um, why going through why every character didn't do it until you get to the murderer who is then dramatically arrested. And, um, after, after we clear the stage of the suspects, then we, um, we start pulling names for prizes. So even if you don't know who did it, you should still turn in an answer because the first thing we do is we take everyone who got the correct, the murderer correct. And we pull from that pile and that is the grand prize winner. 
And then we dump all of the injuries together, which is why it's important to get yours turned in. And then we start pulling um, names for other prizes that are donated by local businesses. Um, and we had we have an extraordinary number of prizes. So the odds are pretty good you're going to win one. <laughs> Fantastic. You also have, you also sort of set the scene for the next murder. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Um, so the, the, um, it was really fun. The, the first one at the, um, at the reveal, uh, two of the characters announced their new ghost busting business. Which and we love. Which yes. we love because it had the got ghost shirts from it Baraboo did. Tours. Yes. Yes. They were, they were one of our props. So they, they, um, and then the next year, the theme, we, um, we worked in the ghost in the courthouse, um, as part of it. And so that was kind of how we invited people back. And then, um, is this, what is the theme this year? Can you tell us? Uh, yes, this year is um, a recipe for murder. So the idea is that there is a, a cooking competition TV show um, that is being filmed. This is the hometown edition. And so they follow a chef, one of their contestants, back to their hometown, and they stage the cooking competition, one episode of it here. And so they've come to Baraboo to tape this one episode it's the final three contestants and the contestant from baraboo al dente <laughs> i love your name <laughs> um he is um he's murdered um before the taping can happen and so we have suspects who are from his past here in baraboo we have suspects who are part of the tv show and there's this mysterious paparazzi guy that keeps following him around so yeah. so let's say i wanted to get some tickets mm -hmm. how do i do that well there's a couple ways you can do it you can go to baraboomysteryweekend.com um, buy your tickets online there or you can stop into either blank canvas arts or a sense of adventure, and we will happily sell you tickets in person for cash or credit card. Isn't um, this a great Christmas idea? It is. It's fantastic. How much are tickets? Tickets are $10 a piece, um, and we ask that each, whenever possible, that each player has a ticket. The, the idea is the ticket gets you one set of materials. However, if you have a family of four and two of them are little kids, we're not going to require you to buy a ticket. Or if you have a family of four and you can afford, and you know, $40 makes it kind of a, out of the price range of a fun weekend activity, then you can play on two tickets or one ticket. Like we don't want to eliminate people just because we can't afford a ticket for everyone. And how many people would you say came to Baraboo or hung around Baraboo to do this last time? So last time we sold um, over 300 tickets. We had about 320. 30-something tickets sold. Um, and even with the, the weather was terrible for the second one. It was cold and rainy. Um, we still played. And we estimated there were about 500 people. Okay. What's oh, our goal? Great. Our goal is 500. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. Nice. It's always good to reach your goals. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It makes a really fun um, just sort of weekend uh, you know event because as you, as you mentioned, like you run around all day with – the people that you want to hang out with, friends, loved ones, whatever. It gives you an activity to do throughout the day. And, and then you go home at night and you open that big bottle of wine. It's always my favorite part. <laughs> and you sit down with all your clues and you spend the evening kind of trying to solve a mystery together. It's a fun puzzle. It's kind of part game, part scavenger hunt. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then the next day is, you know, Sunday you get to ask all your questions to confirm what you think you figured out. And at least that's how I put Right. It. Well, and my impression was that it was set up so that you can't just collect all the paper and figure it out. You, you really kind of need to go and ask some questions. Technically, you can. Mm-hmm. I, I do try to make it so that, because we tell people they can pay, play at their own pace and that they don't have to make it an entire weekend if they don't want to. And so with that in mind, I think it's, um, and and also I, the the actors that play the characters are amazing, but they, they also have lives and health problems and <laughs> different things. And so yeah. I don't, what I don't want to do is bury a, a, a really significant clue um, with a character who um, may or may not catch a cold that weekend right. or, you know. Um, so while what they have to tell you is going to help you a great deal in figuring out what's important and what's not, um, you can probably make a pretty educated guess based on just the paper. So if you only have one day to play um, and you want to, you know, you don't have time to read everything and talk to all the suspects, you you can probably just get away with just reading everything. It's just not as much fun. All right, good to know. And I know that last year when um, people checked in, if they checked in and stayed overnight, and they stayed at certain hotels or bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. they got the newspaper ahead of time. Yes. There what, is, where are those places? Um, there's a VIP package, um, and we are, we are still working out exactly who will be part of that. Um, last year it was... The, uh, the Ringling House Bed and Breakfast and the uh, Willowwood out by Devil's Lake. But we are looking to add some of some other locations um, or open to adding other locations. So we will keep a list of that on our website. So visit um, the website. Yeah, definitely. So if there's some place. And Christmas is coming it, up. Yes. And so many people say they don't want stuff, which is heartbreaking as someone who owns a store. Um, but, you know, if you're going to give an experience, what a fun thing to give someone. They can come into town, spend a weekend hanging out with you. You know, you can buy them a gift certificate for a restaurant and tickets to the event. You get to spend all weekend together and dinner's already paid for. I know that last year when I had a group come in, I had a group of ladies come in from uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. and they did our haunted walk on Friday oh, night. Yeah. And they contacted me we're like, we're here for that. We want to do that Friday night. And then they spent the whole weekend and I ran into them the whole weekend. Yeah. So um, I hope we get more people like that. Yeah. In, so. We've we've had people drive for, um, I want to say it was six hours to get to the event. Um, we had, we had one group who showed up late because they had t-shirts made for the event. Oh. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was really cool. Um, we were really flattered to, to find that out. And I have to, um, I have to say like the part of the appeal of this event is it is kind of cheesy. All of the names are puns. Um, but the one thing that I cannot stress enough is how amazing our actors are. The sort of troop that has come together to support this and and play these roles, I they just never cease to impress me. And they're unpaid. They are unpaid. This is this is all volunteer, and they they get a list of things that they know that they're going to try to get in work into a conversation with you, um, things that they know that you got you you have to pry a little bit for. But they don't have scripts. They are not given like this is what you say when someone asks you this question. So a lot of what they are saying, they're trying not to um, they're trying not to make up something that will give away the answer of who did it. But they don't know who did it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's a real balancing act for them to not mislead you, but to kind of get you to ask them the right questions that they can tell you something significant. So as I said, the only the only part there's only two parts that are scripted. Sorry, the coroner's report, which the sheriff reads, or sorry, the chief of police reads, and then the the actual reveal. Um, and so the the chief figures it out about 15 minutes before you before he re- he tells everybody. Uh Oh, I love this. Yeah. So people listening, come to Baraboo. Yes. First weekend in April. We're going to try to have it the first weekend in April for as long as we can do this. Exactly. As long as the theater is open and willing, we're, we're, you know, as long as that date is open with the theater. Okay. And then also, you know, if you're a nonprofit, does it have to be from Baraboo? We do ask that it's it's something that impacts the lives of the people in Baraboo. Okay, so if you're a nonprofit in Baraboo, submit an application into yeah. Sense of Adventure starting January 1st to uh, and until to January 3rd. Baraboo Mystery Weekend. Baraboo Mystery yeah. Weekend. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for another ta- episode from the Tales from the Tour. I'm Shelley Mordini. And I'm Gwen Herwig. Today's podcast was produced by Kyle Crosby at Studio A in Baraboo. Until next time. Happy hauntings. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Tales of the Tour podcast.